This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my God! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, coaches, insiders, and of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies! Now, here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. We're horsing around after the first day of OTAs. Of course, it's phase three of off-season work, and that means you can go offense against defense. You can go one-on-one. You can really make it look like a football practice. I'm Andrew Mason of Orange and Blue 760 and DenverBroncos.com, joined by Ryan Edwards, also of Orange and Blue 760 and First and Ten, 10, and also right now KOA every weeknight in studio taking you through the night after Rockies games. A little bit, yeah. Kind of, uh, it's like the old thing in radio, right? I mean, if, if they feel like you have more to give, they're going to ask you to do it. So I'm all for it. Uh, I've been absolutely enjoying all of it. But, uh, yeah, I uh, appreciate that, Mace. Speaking of more to give, let's talk about the Broncos' first day of OTAs and really – even though you are limited on what you can do per the CBA, the tempo was higher, the intensity was a bit higher than we saw last year. Cortland Sutton, who you're going to hear from later on, who talked with Ryan, uh, Steve Atwater, and me after the practice, talked about how it's guys going in their second year, there's a bit more maturity, but clearly the Vic Fangio influence was all over this practice today in terms of the tempo and tenor that it took. Well, so far, I mean, you, I know as a media member, we're all excited about efficient practices and when they wrap up when they say they're going to wrap up and when things kind of click through. And, and so far, that, that's that been very evident with Vic Fangio and the way he runs things. Uh, you had a better chance to, to take in a lot of that. I got more of the Cliff's Notes version from the media as we were on air at the same time. But, yeah, I mean, so far I've, I've really liked uh, some of the – the way things have seemingly set up. I mean, the way I, I heard this described by a couple of media members, it almost felt like training camp out there today. It did. Like the first couple of days of training camp because you couldn't quite hit uh, like you can later on. But it certainly felt that way. It was a day of install. And, yeah, it's going to be a day of jumping to conclusions a little bit. So we're not going to jump to any conclusions, but let's talk about how some young guys did. Let's start with Drew Locke, who was the third quarterback up today, of course, Joe Flacco is taking the first team reps, and then it's going to be a rotation among Kevin Hogan, Drew Locke, Brett Rippon for number two. We saw a lot more of Kevin Hogan and Drew Locke than Brett Rippon today. Drew Locke in particular, as I told you guys when I broke off from the practice field during the session when it was a special teams period and I went and talked to you guys, what you saw at Missouri is kind of what you saw today. He saw the single best throw of the day. He threads the needle between defenders down the middle, hits a lunging River Craycraft for a catch, and the defenders are standing there looking around each other like, what happened? How did that ball get through there? But then there were also moments where Drew Locke kind of got into some bad habits. He's got a lot of arm talent. He was able to get away uh, with not always uh, getting his feet set, not always throwing over the top, but there was a sidearm throw. So there are things he needs to work on fundamentally. It's nice that he has those tools in his drawer when he's under duress and off balance, but clearly it reminded me, watching him, that 
it's going to be a work in progress for Drew Locke as he grows as a pro. Yeah, I don't think we're really worried about his arm strength. I think placement was something that we wanted to see a little bit more of. And I, I heard some some nice placement with uh, dump-off passes to running backs, to tight ends out in the flat. Uh, but he did have a series of three throws during the course of practice, an overthrow in there, ended up one was a tip drill interception. Billy Wynn got the tip, and then Josh Watson from CSU with the pick. Yeah, and, and of course, it doesn't surprise me at all Josh Watson had that interception. Of course. Yeah, but um, I, I, I think that, when you're when you're in the practice setting, you don't you don't stress too much about. You just want to see progress. So this is day one of OTAs. Let's see what, how he does by next week when we get a chance to watch another OTAs practice and into the off season and into training camp. The progress he makes, I, I say for a first day, I think you said it perfect. It, it sort of confirmed a lot of the things we knew about Drew Locke, and, and simultaneously you want to see how he takes the coaching from there. And part of my point there is look. People may be calling for Drew Locke at some point this season, but this is Joe Flacco's team, and he has taken control of it, looked in command out there on the field, composed in the huddle like always, making nice throws to the tight ends. There was a pass he threw to Noah Fant in the right flat that I loved because I thought, boy, that looks just like a pass he threw to Mark Andrews early last year to Dennis Pitta a few years ago. I got that vision of what Joe Flacco can do with a tight end and how well he works with a tight end. He and Cortland Sutton look to be really on the same page. Some outstanding downfield throws. And Deshaun Hamilton, there was one play that just kind of jumps out in my mind as far as Deshaun fitting in nicely with this offense and getting good timing with Joe Flacco. And it's Flacco rolling right. He's off the play-action boot. And you got Deshaun coming over to the sideline, and Flacco just flicks it to him. And Deshaun's right there at the sideline, makes the grab, gets his feet in, nice little 10 yard catch, move the sticks. That's the sort of thing that Deshaun Hamilton needs to do if he's going to succeed. That was a positive sign for him. And of course, no Emmanuel Sanders. He was rehabbing. A good sign for Sanders on the rehab field is how he was cutting and coming along with his agility, not just his straight line speed. He's not moving with a hitch. That's a good sign. But today at receiver, I thought it was all about Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. Well, and, and that's what you want to see, right? I mean, especially if Emmanuel Sanders, whether he's available to start the season or if he's coming off the pup or he's maybe even just slowly brought along, you're going to need to see Cortland and Deshaun have instant impact along with the young tight end and Noah Fant and, and the established tight ends as well. But, boy, we, we had a discussion today on First and Ten about how vet quarterbacks love precision route runners. They, they really do. Now, look, the, the ability to improv, improvise clearly is important, no doubt about it. But that's one thing that we loved about Deshaun Hamilton coming out of Penn State is just his crisp route running, his ability to have the short burst and to work within a, a short field. That's something that uh, Joe Flacco, I think, is going to have a lot of fun working with. And so it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that Deshaun Hamilton has a chance to really make a big jump from year one to year two. If you've got Noah Fant able to draw some attention underneath and down the seam, that can cause further problems. The fact that Noah Fant is already getting reps with Joe Flacco, I think, says an awful lot about what they expect from him. The fact that Dalton Reisner is already working at left guard with the first team says a lot about what they expect from him. There were some good moments from Dalton Reisner. There were some times that he struggled. You're going to have Bradley Chubb, for example, sometimes making an inside move and going against Dalton Reisner. That can be a tough matchup. By the way, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, both good. But Bradley Chubb today at times looked like a force of nature, a real problem for the tackles to deal with throughout the day. No surprise, but to me, looks like 
he's built off last year. He looks even faster than he did at various points in 2018. Well, there's an expectation now as you you have a, a year one like he did, setting a franchise record for a rookie sacks. The expectations only go up, Mace. It's not like you go, well, let's see if he can repeat that. It's say, let's see if he can build on that into year two. And that uh, can be great news for Von Miller, of course, on the opposite side. And, of course, it's going to help if they can get pressure. But more than anything, I think, you know, what I, I want to see is some consistency with the defensive backs because the pressure, all, all the pressure in the world doesn't matter anything if, if quarterbacks know they just got to get the ball out fast and the DBs are, are going to be struggling. So, uh, Got to have Chris Harris back on the field eventually, and you want to see what's going to happen there. But, boy, I, I'm excited about some of the young talent at outside linebacker. Not just, I mean, even beyond Bradley Chubb, I think there's some really interesting names in that room. Yeah, Malik Reed, who I talked to on Sunday after practice, he had a big day. There was one play in particular. He has Drew Locke dead to rights. It's going to be a sack. And basically the only thing that keeps it from that is a clear textbook hold across uh, almost the, the throat almost to keep him from getting in the backfield. If that's what you've got to do to keep Malik Reed out, then he can cause problems. Justin Hollins was active both on the edge and working at inside linebacker, that dual role that we expect to see him see as he's cross-trained at both positions. Jeff Holland had some nice moments as well. The depth that linebacker is looking pretty good depth on the edge in particular like you mentioned and that's something that's reassuring especially after the Broncos kind of waited until late in the draft and beyond to try to address that behind Chubb and Miller well clearly showing some belief in the youth there because again you I mean Dakota Watson's here too and I know that he he's going to have some opportunities but it was as we debated throughout the course of the pre-draft process who who's who's got to be added to that room because they, they have the two starters and simply put, they had a bunch of question marks beyond that. You, you just, you, you say, okay, that, that's fine. Youth is one thing, but then some of those guys are going to have to step up, especially if you have injuries. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's an intriguing room and there's some, some versatility there with Hollins that I, I'm so fascinated to see. And, and I can't, I can't wait to really see him get an opportunity to, to see how he does in coverage more than anything. Of course, players who weren't there today, you had uh, Juwan James, uh, he told the coaches that uh, he wasn't going to be available for this practice. So you had Elijah Wilkinson working at right tackle. You have Ron Leary still working his way back at right guard. He did individual work, but then you got in a team. It was a lot of Don Barclay, a guy we've talked a little bit about, the former Green Bay Packer and Detroit Lion working at right guard uh, next to Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, Connor McGovern at center, no surprise. And, of course, Dalton Rosner and Garrett Bowles uh, on the left side. So the left side of the line looked the way it's supposed to, the right side. Uh, still kind of getting everyone back there. And you could kind of tell sometimes, especially against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, that they had their hands more than full. Well, right. And, boy, you, you want to see the the offensive line. I know that we're, we're having guys like Ron Leary still working his way back, and you mentioned Juwan James. You, you want to see that offensive line get as much time as possible to gel. And I, I have to believe that part of the reason they moved Dalton Reisner to the left side, or at least have him as the left side, is Garrett Bowles is healthy. They can immediately start there. Those two guys can start working together along with Connor McGovern at center. So you have kind of the left side of the offensive line spending the most time throughout the course of the offseason together. The right side will have to, ha have to come together a little bit on the fly, especially if Ron Leary's the planet right guard. Let's talk about the defensive backfield before we go because, of course, Chris Harris Jr. not out there uh, with the contract issues. 
You had Bryce Callahan seeing some reps. I liked actually Bryce Callahan. He was working against Cortland Sutton on deep on a go route and actually was there to help prevent the completion. Nice to see him go step for step with Cortland Sutton. And also if Bryce Callahan can handle outside work as well as slot work, that's a good sign for him and also maybe a sign that Kareem Jackson might be used more at safety. I mean, you desperately need him to do that, right? I mean, what, one way or another, whether Chris Harris is, is back in the picture, which we all hope he is or not, you need him to be able to play both, inside and outside. There, there's no way around it. Kareem Jackson, of course, is going to be used as a hybrid role. I think my belief, I, I'm feeling like it's your belief too, eventually he might be used to safety. But the thing is they're going to need him to play some corner as well. So Bryce Callahan, though he was primarily used in the slot with Chicago, he's going to absolutely have to be worked in on the outside here. I love hearing that, especially a guy coming off injury. It's kind of wide open, especially with the questions about Chris Harris Jr. not being out there. There's chances for guys to contribute. You saw quite a bit from Devontae Bosby today. Elijah Holder, the rookie from Stanford, uh, was around the ball quite a bit. Good day for him, I thought, getting out there and, uh, and making it work. Again, I don't want to jump to conclusions. It's OTAs. We're a long way off, although Vic Fangio did say, hey, this is the start of football season. In a manner of speaking, it is. But there were some positive indications. And the thing I come back to the most, though, Ryan, is just how much more crisp everything looked out there in terms of how the practice was run and structured. Didn't seem as chaotic. Seemed more focused. That was kind of the first thing I think everyone wanted to see from Vic Fangio and that was out there in spades today. You're right. One one day of practice, but it's the first opportunity the media has had a chance to really see a full practice. Everything else we've seen up to this point has all been a lot of warm-ups and small positional drills here and there. But this was an actual practice, which is closer to what training camp is going to be for us. So it's our first chance to really say anything definitive about his practices. And again, I, I saw it from every media report out there that there was just a a general feel about the organization of it. And, and you're seeing that by the fact that every practice so far, and again, you know, knock on wood because uh, these things can change, has ended when it was supposed to. They, they've gotten accomplished what they needed to accomplish. They ended practice, maybe it's a couple minutes early, but, but not one of those where we're going half an hour after the fact or, or ending a half an hour early. There's an organization to it. There's an intention to it. And that's something that really comes back to that as those details that the Broncos have been missing on. And before we go, guy mentioned Brennan Langley because he showed that breakaway speed a couple of times in practice. Now, whether he makes the team, a lot of it's going to have to do with what his role on special teams is. Can he handle kickoff and punt returns, perhaps? It's wide open there, but the vertical speed, that's the first sign. Now, that being said, I don't want to play too much into it. In fact, as I watched him make a play, I thought, okay, that's well and good, but we saw Carlos Henderson make similar kinds of plays a couple of years ago, so I'm going to be a little bit of the raging skeptic. I'm going to say, we'll see. <laughs> Not Steve Atwater's turn to say that. I'm going to say that. All you can ask is just have a good day today. He did. Let's see if he builds on that. Well said. Anyway, let's hear from Cortland Sutton. We talked to him on the practice field. Well, he was on the practice field. We were back in the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse studio. Here is that conversation. What's up, man? How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing yeah. great, man. How did it feel out there first day of OTAs? Man, it felt good getting back out here. I ain't going to lie to you. It felt really good. It's a beautiful day, too. I don't know if y'all can see outside, but it's a gorgeous oh, yeah. day out here. 
Yeah, we're just we're just off the uh, practice field uh, over here in the uh, the field house. So we're we have a, a little little bit of a view over there. How was working with uh, Joe Flacco today? Man, it was it was really good. We got to pick up kind of where we let off uh, for vet mini camp. Um, I feel like. You know, he and I are really picking up a really good connection. Uh, he's starting to figure out where I like the ball. I'm starting to figure out where he, what he's comfortable throwing. And, um, you know, I actually went up to him today because he threw a ball that I told him, I said, I've never had a quarterback throw me this route in the, against a certain particular coverage. And he threw it. And I told him, I said, man, you know, I never had a quarterback do that before. So it's cool getting to see you make those throws because now I know, you know, even when I think the ball might not be coming to me, you know, the ball still might be coming my way. How is he showing his leadership in the huddle and even in meetings as well as far as getting used to everybody on the team? Uh, it's it's, it's a, a small thing. So, for instance, um, I don't know if you all know, he's from Jersey, so he has like a little slang. So some words that he says kind of kind of uh, go together or sound like other words. So sometimes he knows that some of his words might sound different, and he's taking it on him, his ownership of himself to kind of help us out and, and, you know, let us know that, you know, oh, I meant to say this word, or I'm saying this word just sounds like another word. So he's he's taking ownership of that and kind of helping us uh, understand how, how his verbiage is because, you know, we're getting to know him. He's getting to learn us. So it's a lot of lot of those learning curves, and, you know, he, he knows that there are some things that uh, are different when, when he says it, and, and, you know, I appreciate him uh, taking that and slowing it down and, and – uh, really kind of helping us grow as a as a group as a collective offense so Corlin um I always feel like you know guys make a big jump between their first and second years how's this camp been different than when you did your first camp uh, your rookie year last year I think I'm more comfortable. I, I kind of know what to expect. Last year, I had no idea what to expect. I did, um, you know, coming from, uh, I knew that I, I could play against anybody, uh, but everyone was telling me it's a, it's a different jump, it's a different speed coming into the NFL. So I really didn't know what to expect coming into OTAs. And there were some people saying, you know, oh, you know, the you'll come across some guys who they, they don't really go as hard in OTAs. They kind of wait till training camp. So I really didn't know what the tempo was going to be like. But now that I have that year on my belt and understand that, you know, all this stuff counts. And, you know, if, if if there's a guy not going hard, then he must not really care too much about it. So I think a lot of guys out here taking it serious. And as Coach uh, Fangio is saying, you know, we, we, we're counting these practices as something that we're pushing towards, towards training camp. We're adding these to our training camp uh, practices. So, um, you know, we're taking it taking it serious and, and coming out here and getting better and, and letting, it, letting it grow. There might be a break in between OTAs and training camp, but, you know, we're using these practices as, as, as evaluation uh, practices. And, and, you know, um, I think we're all taking it very serious and out here really trying to grow those connections and, and grow those relationships so that, you know, we can all feel comfortable with each other offensively and defensively when we get on the field. We're chatting with Cortland Sutton here on first and 10 at 10, Orange and Blue 760. Cortland, you said in a press conference a couple of months ago that you expect to be the wide receiver one for the Broncos this season and beyond. How has that development been for you? What have you been working on since then? You know, I've really just been coming into it and 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 looking at it as where where can I fit into this offense as the guy that you know coach coach Rich feels comfortable getting the ball to and Joe, and Joe feels comfortable getting the ball to, um, whether that's the the one the two or just being being one of the guys that that he feels comfortable with. Uh, you know, I don't really take it as as the you know just being the wide receiver one i feel like if if it's if i can get up when i get open and, and i get the ball and i can make plays then that just happens whether i'm the one the two or whatever um but you know i'm i'm taking i'm taking the role that's that's handed to me and i always say you know the ball's coming my way and i gotta make that play so you know uh if that's the if that like i said that means that i'm the the one receiver the two receiver i'm just gonna go out there and make as many plays as i possibly can and help the team be successful
it looked like you guys were moving at a pretty brisk and intense pace, especially for May. How did the tempo and tenor of this practice compare to some of the ones that you had last year? Um, I think it's it's uh, everyone's kind of like we're we're not a very a super young team as we were last year. I think last year we were a really really young team. Uh, we still got a couple, you know, a lot of us are going to our second year, so um, people might look at us as young, but we have a year under our belt, so we look at it as you know we know what to expect, we know what's expected of us, and and we're gonna go out there and we're gonna the only way we can be better as a team is if we're all pushing each other, so we can't slack off and and you know. Uh, let somebody pass on on this one thing. Let somebody pass on this other thing because then it becomes like a big a big problem, and it, and it carry o- carries over into training camp, and then carries over into the season. So I think everyone's out here pushing each other so that we can be uh, in a really good position come come training camp and then come the season. So, Colin, you made the transition from safety to wide receiver back when you were in college. What do you think about Brandon Langley making that transition from? Uh, cornerback to wide receiver and you know, what, what kind of advice uh, have you given him in terms of uh, making that making that jump Billing's been been working his butt off to to make that transition. It's a little different going from going backwards to trying to go forward. Um, he said he feels more comfortable going forward. Uh, there's a little of the techni- technical things that uh, he's working on, but it, everyone's working on technique. No, no one's no one's perfect when it comes to this position. You can always learn something new. So he's learning, and and the things that I know, and and other guys in the group that the things that we know, we're handing we're helping him and handing it to him. And then Coach Z is doing an amazing job helping him make that transition because. B. Lane could be a, a great receiver, a great addition for, to us um, offensively. He has some uh, serious speed. The guy can stretch the field, and that's going to be something that's going to be really huge for us, especially in this offense. So um, I think he's doing a great job making that transition. He's he's working his butt off to get the the technical the technique down um, of the position to play wide receiver, um, and that's one thing that we can all, all we can ask for is just he he work every day of of getting himself better at this position because it's a little it's a little different going from backpedaling to to running forward. Last question, Cortland, for me. Appreciate you popping on with us. We were talking about how excited we are, the versatility of this offense, the, the many different looks, and not to mention with what we've seen out of that San Francisco 49ers offense with Rich Gangarello coming from that. Did you kind of have licking your chops a little bit about the different looks you guys are going to be able to give this year on offense? Oh yeah, we uh, there's so there's so many different things we could do. Um, there's always somebody that should be open. Um, it's just all about the receivers doing the right job. Offense, every, just everybody on the offense doing doing the things that we're supposed to do to to make sure that it it's all gonna work because the formula works. It's just everyone has to do their job, and that's from you know the offensive line, running backs, fullbacks, quarterbacks, receivers. We all have to be in sync to make everything. Uh, go together because the machine works. This is all about the parts and making sure the parts are moving in the right in, in, in the right way and, and everybody's doing their part to make sure that the machine is, is working perfectly. And if we get the parts in the right spot and, and work in the right way, shoot, this gonna, it's going to be a really well-oiled machine and we're going to be able to move the ball and score a lot of points. Ryan, appreciate you staying extra, especially with another show tonight after – well, there is no Rockies game tonight, is there? Not tonight. Yeah, they're off. So you got a full four-hour show, so you can listen to Ryan – on KOA News Radio in Denver. You can go to KOANewsradio.com here at anywhere in the world. He'll be on with Benjamin Albright from 7 to 11 p.m. And of course, listen to more here on the Broncos Audio Zone. We'll take you through all of the offseason work for Ryan Edwards and Steve Atwater. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for listening. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.